Welcome to Dominion Today with Kevin and Chantel Davis, a podcast where you will learn how to discover your calling, live your purpose, and fulfill your destiny. By listening to these episodes, you'll build the confidence you need to operate in dominion and authority so you can walk in the revelation of the victory that belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Now, here's your host, Kevin Davis. Do not limit what God can do based on your perception, based on your thoughts, or maybe even some past experiences. The way in which the Lord came through for you in one particular moment in time might not be the same way He's going to do it going forward. Even this week I was reminded of the prophet Elijah. That even in a time of despair, even at a time when he said, Lord, just come and take me. That even in that moment, the Lord caused provision to come. By means of what we can really just describe as unnatural means. For the Lord had said to him, I have instructed the ravens to come to feed you. A scavenger. A raven is an animal that is not social. That does not love to share. It will always attempt to take more than it will ever give. Because that is the mindset of a raven. And also from an Old Testament and Old Covenant point of view. I mean here is an animal that really from a Jewish perspective is an unclean animal. And so Elijah could have actually right there and then said, But God, I cannot touch anything that comes from this unclean animal. Thereby it shall be unclean and I cannot partake of it. And so the Lord does things that goes against the grain, that goes against our understanding. Just when you think you've got God all figured out, He says, I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. He says, I'm going to do something I've never done before. And I will give you a new reason to rejoice and be glad. For I am doing a new thing. And you can probably say that just as Elijah got comfortable with the ravens. Thinking to myself, he maybe have even named the ravens. The ravens became his social highlight of the day. Maybe establish a bit of a friendship. I don't know. If you're lonely, you do some very interesting things. But then the brook dried up. What what does that mean? The fact that the brook dried up meant that the ravens were no longer going to come to that brook to drink water and also to bring the meat for him to eat. And then in that moment when the brook had dried up, what did God say? God said, I have already prepared a widow for, a a widow, a widow. It's not like today's widows. I mean, back then, if you were a widow, you were pretty much as good as dead. This was before life insurance. This was before you could just take your entire estate and just hand that over. Or you could have such a massive policy where you could have obviously taken care of those who are left behind by means of that policy. This was before that. Back then, if you were a woman and if you were not attached to a man who was working, able to take care of you, you were pretty much as good as dead. And so here the Lord says, I have prepared a widow for you. I mean, 
That makes no sense. A woman who really from the perspective of what she would have available, I mean, she would have nothing. And so do not limit God. Many of you, you're believing the Lord for multiple streams of income. How many of you are believing the Lord for multiple streams of income? Come on, how many of you are fed up and just getting to that space of the only income you ever see is from your salary? Multiple streams of income. But I want you to really take hold of this revelation today. There is one source. For God alone is your source. Everything you have, everything that you will still have, everything that you will still enter into, everything you will still access flows from Him, your one and only source. Can you say amen? That is where it comes from. That is who it comes from. And the Lord is the one who from one single source opens up multiple streams of income flowing towards your direction. That's what God is doing. And if you will allow God not to be limited, because the only limit that exists as it pertains to God is the limit that you instill in your mind, in your heart, and your general attitude towards God and the things of God. Who sets the limit? You do. That's the message that came forth very loud and very clear from last week. If you missed it, you can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can go and listen to that message from last week. The infinity of God. That God is infinite. Although we are finite beings, although we are limited as to our potential, as to our ability, as to our resources, we have the opportunity to tap into the infinite God. And therefore, we have access to His unlimited riches in glory. That's what you have access to. And that's what we have to be awakened to. Because you see, with the moment you begin to step into this revelation, nothing, absolutely nothing, shall be impossible to you. And that is my prayer for every single one. That we as dominion, we might be few in number for now. But there is no reason why God cannot bestow His blessing favor upon us as a handful of people. So that even us as a handful of people would be able to do more than all of the populace of Cape Town combined. Isaac was a man on whom was the blessing and the favor of God. And him being a foreigner in a foreign land, not knowing the weather patterns, not understanding the ground that he is about to work. He's not from there. He didn't grow up there. But here is a man when everyone else was too afraid to prepare the field, to sow seed, and to expect a harvest. Here is a man who sowed a seed and in the same year reaped a hundred times as much as he had sowed. Where the king himself had to seek out Isaac. And the king 
had to humble himself and say to one man, a foreigner, depart from us for you, one man, you are mightier than all of us combined as a nation. If God could do that under an old covenant, how much more can he and will he not do it now for us? who have access to a better covenant based on better promises? That's the question. You see, even in this week, I was reminded of a friend of mine in the ministry. A couple of years back, believing God. Well, not like we ever stopped believing God, but believing God for something big to happen in that week. And a lot of times, those who go to different cities and go to different churches. They, they seek out the large churches. They seek out the wealthy regions and cities and towns. For they think that therein lies locked up wealth and prosperity. But he got invited to a church of about 30 people in the United States of America. 30 people. Many of his peers even joked and mocked, like, why would you go to a church of only like 30 people? When you can go and preach to churches where there's a thousand, two thousand, thousands of people in attendance. But he went. And he went for a few nights of meetings. They started on the Friday and it went throughout the weekend. And then during that weekend, there was a woman who was touched radically, radically in those meetings. And as the meetings were extended, this person had said that, you know what, it's not as though he could even go home because he didn't even have enough fuel to be able to go back home. So he was there. And so when they asked for the meetings to be extended, you know, he was like, well, let me just check my schedule, which was open. And he's like, I can do that. And so they extended the meetings. And that next night, there was a man in attendance who was sort of just checking things out, sat there next to that woman who was touched in the meeting. But he was sitting there, not really participating, not really participating during praise and during worship. Not really participating during the preaching of the word. And as it came time for the, for the evening offering, people came to the front, people sowed the seed, and they went back. And what was incredible is that that night as they went through the offerings, there was that one man who had come in to a group of people of not more than like 35 people in attendance. And that one man had sown a seed. In America, they still work with checks. And so this one man had written out a check of 1.2 million US dollars. It turns out that he was the creator and the developer of that very popular game that went viral many years ago called Candy Crush. 
And that woman that was touched and radically altered and changed by the power of God was his estranged wife. And the Lord, after she had been touched, he knew that I, he had to go and check this out for himself. And so the crux of the matter is this. Do not think that just where you are at now is not entirely where God needs you to be right now. We are so quick to see things and to look at things through our earthly eyes, trying to process things through our earthly minds. Thinking if I could only have been there, if I could have only have been there, if I was only born there, if I was only born there, if only I could have had that, if only I could have had that, if only I could have experienced that. But I want you to know this, is that the blessing favor of God will locate you. No matter where you may find yourself. The blessing favor of God locates you. Why? Because of your obedience. Because of your willingness to obey. Because of your love. Because of your devotion. Because of your worship unto Him. And it is then that the blessing favor of God. The eyes of God locate you. And so I prophesy in the name of Jesus. That this be the day. That the blessing favor of God. That the eyes of God locate you. You might think you are hidden away. You might think that where you are in now is a place of insignificance. Yet, even in that insignificant place, you will have a significant encounter with the risen Jesus. Receive it now. Amen. And so I'd love for you to open up your Bibles. There's a lot of things I need to share with you this morning that I want to teach So please go with me to Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 and then also Romans chapter 11 verse 16 for now. But I'd really encourage you to get your notebook, to get your pen or to get a cell phone, a tablet or something to make some notes. This morning we have our annual first fruit service. For those of you who might say, well, what is first fruits? Well, I'm going to teach on that this morning. You might have heard certain teachings about first fruits. Maybe there's certain things that you thought you knew. Maybe there's certain churches that you were exposed to who went about it this way or went about it that way. And that's why I want to bring some clarity and perspective from the Word of God about this very important subject, which sadly... So many Christians are even oblivious to. Because for many Christians, when you talk about giving, it's as though they just sort of collectively refer to any kind of giving as giving. It's as though there are many Christians who refer to whether a tithe or whether offerings or whether sowing seed as just an offering, as seed, as sowing. And so I really want to deal with the true understanding, the biblical perspective 
on first fruits. And let me start with this quick little, call it introduction. Is that the Bible outlines primarily five kinds of giving. Number one is the tithe. What is the tithe? It is 10% of all of your gross income. So in other words, to practically just put this into play, if your salary is 10,000 rands a month, that means that the tithe, 10%, is 1,000 rand. That is the tithe. It is holy, it is set apart, and it belongs to God. Some people might say, well, it's mine because it's been paid into my bank account. Well, God is not like governments all around the world that already take out before they even give. You see, and this is why we have to get a heavenly perspective about this. Just because God does not force it upon you does not mean the principle still stands. Governments on this world force taxation upon you. There's no choice. And so 10% is holy. It is consecrated. What does that mean? It is set apart. And we have to make the decision to become stewards. What is that? It is where we become custodians over that which God has given us. And by us coming and bringing our tithe, I do not like the wording paying a tithe. You pay your tax, you pay your TV license, and those things you do and you should do. Pay your TV license. But I do not use the, the wording of paying a tithe. I bring my tithe. Malachi chapter 3 talks about the fact that we should bring our tithe to the storehouse. And then God says, but test me now in this, if I will then not open up for you the windows of heaven or the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so large that you will not have room enough to store it. And as we're going to see all throughout scripture this morning, consider the condition. That there are things that we have to do and then the response of God is the promise. Or I should rather say the fulfillment of that promise. That is why the Bible says that if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Deuteronomy chapter 28 starts with the words that if you will fully obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then you shall be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed going in and blessed coming out. Wherever you shall go, you shall be blessed. The condition, however, is if, if, if ye be willing to fully obey, not partially, not cherry-picking some verses, but to fully obey the voice of the Lord our God. That's the condition. Number two is offerings. Offerings that we give as an act of gratitude, as an act of worship. Then there is what we're going to be talking about today, which is first, first fruit, fruit. Let me say it again. First fruits. The first of your increase. Number four is seed. What is seed? It is a purposeful seed sown into fertile ground. And then number five is almsgiving. What is that? It's giving to the poor and to those who are in need. There are many people who think that giving to the poor is the tithe. 
sowing seed by faith that that is the tithe or that that is my offering. No. These things are all distinct. And it's not to say that if you do one, you know, you, do not, you, you can pretty much ignore all the rest. These are principles. And this is why I've said this before and I need to say it again, that the Bible, this book containing 66 books, this book, the Bible, is not just a book of promises as many of you might have heard. It is a book of instruction and principle, the adherence of which leads to the fulfillment of all of those promises. There is a condition attached to it. And so the main scriptures for this morning is Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, which says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Now behold the wording, and. So in other words, it is not about just honoring the Lord from your substance, bringing offerings from that which you have. But it is also important that with the first fruits of all thine increase, because look at this condition then in verse 10. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So in other words, what we once again have is a promise that pretty much says that I will pour out for you a blessing that you will not have room enough to contain it all. But here it is not talking about the tithe. It is talking about the first fruit. So what is the first fruit? I will get into that obviously in greater detail shortly. But in short, the first fruit is the first of your increase. It is the first. And so there are many interpretations in the 21st century about what this means. Should we even then as New Testament believers partake of this, be a part of it? Because hey, we're not under the law, we're under grace. And that's true. But once again, there are certain principles in the Word of God. In the same way that we would refer to something as gravity as a law. It is a law. It is a fundamental law, gravity. You can test it. And gravity affects everyone the same way. Whether you are a Christian, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a Hindu, whether you are a Buddhist, whether you believe, whether you do not believe that there is a God, whether then you are agnostic or atheist, it makes no difference. If you were to push the limit or test, even if you were to refer to it not as a law but as a theory, if you test the theory then of gravity, you must be willing to accept the consequences of your actions. And so the Word of God, although we can referred to certain things as laws. There are certain things that have become timeless principles. In the very same way as many would say that giving a tithe was something that was required under the law, under an old covenant. 
but it has been done away with in the new covenant. However, when you really consider mentions of the tithe, even before it was then adopted into the law, Abraham tithed, Jacob tithed, as is mentioned in the word of God. And it was then later with the establishment and then what the Israelites needed to adhere to this law, it was adopted into the law because they understood that this is a principle. And so it existed, it pre-existed from the law. It existed before the law. It was brought into the law. And then when we saw Jesus fulfilling the law and the prophets and all of that which was said about him and established for us a new covenant, a better covenant based on better promises, there are still, again, which emerge from the law, certain eternal principles. For the Bible says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. And so while other churches and denominations and other groups of people and all of your heathen cousins can debate and can argue and can point finger at you or even at us collectively around the, the, bar or the, the bri flays fire, I know that we as dominion, we understand the principles as it pertains to giving, as it pertains to bringing the tithe, as it pertains to bringing our offerings, as it pertains to first fruits, as it pertains to sowing seed into fertile ground, and also as we give alms, taking care of the needs of the poor and the needy among us to the best of our ability, even knowing that Jesus said, the poor will always be among you. And so coming back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, honor the Lord. So it's about honor. This is what it's about. It's about honor. Unfortunately, the 21st century is void of honor. And I'm not just talking about the church or not just talking about the world. I'm talking about this as being all-encompassing. Honor. Because we have some churches nowadays, and again, this is not Dominion Church, but there are churches out there where congregants think they can speak to pastors whichever way they like. Where in certain circles, I would not be Pastor Kevin or even Dr. Kevin. And even though there are some of you, yes, you might call me on my first name, but I understand that even when you approach me and when you speak with me and when you engage with me, even if you were to refer to me on my first name, there is honor. There is respect. But then there are other churches and other areas and other places where, you know, you, you watch the way in which they speak to their pastor. You watch the rebellion just ooze out of people. Familiarity breeds content. We have to understand that. When you become so familiar that you become disengaged, that you get into that space where you become easily offended. Because you might have seen some of the weaknesses of the pastor. You might have seen one or two of the character flaws that he is still working on. So beware of familiarity. Let honor be the focus and remain the focus. Honor. It is honor that opens up the door leading to your destiny.
When you dishonor, doors close. When you honor, doors open. And so this is why you have to consider when you all that you ever see is closed doors. That is the moment you have to ask yourself, who have I dishonored? Because honor ensures open doors. So honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So to practically explain this, what this means then, is in terms of rand and cent, let's say your salary is 10,000. And now in January, you received an increase of let's say 2,000. Now your salary is 12,000. So the first fruits of your increase is the first 2,000. That does not replace the tithe. The tithe is still the 1,200. That's the tithe. The increase is in addition to the tithe, which is the 2,000, which is given once. So in other words, in January, the total of that which you then give to the Lord, from that perspective of just the tithe and the offering, is 3,200. The next month, your tithe, that which you give, is 1,200. The month thereafter, that which you give as a tithe, is 1,200. That's obviously apart from sowing seed. That's apart from offerings. That's apart from whatever it is that you then do for the poor. And I'm sharing this random scent because I've come to realize in the ministry that when you sort of just say things like first fruits and that's the first of your increase, people are like, well, let me give it to you plainly because there are some people and again, this is not you, but there are some people that even when you say a tithe, which literally means a tenth, that's what that word means. A tithe is 10%. People ask and argue, what percentage is the tithe? The Bible actually just says a tithe, but how much do we know it should be? It's 10%. And so this is why I'm really just giving this plainly and simply, so that we can all be on that same page and level today and then the condition so shall thy bonds be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine and so what God is wanting to do is he is wanting to showcase and demonstrate himself as the God of the overflow in your life God is wanting to demonstrate the fact that He is who He says He is, that He is El Shaddai, that He is the God of more than enough. And it is so sad and it grieves me that there have been so many Christians throughout the history. I mean, even groups of people who make a vow of poverty. That the moment there are Christians who gain even a moderate level of wealth, it's like all hell breaks loose. Why can you have this? Don't you think this is a bit excessive? We all know the things that people say. But what does the Word of God say? The Word of God clearly says that God delights in the prosperity, not the calamity, not the poverty of His people. God delights in the prosperity of His people.
And so there are many who still, to this day and age, and it's as though it's just getting worse, with more and more and more people coming against this kind of message, saying, well, this is the prosperity message. This is the prosperity gospel. Well, the gospel is good news. That's what the word gospel means. And there is not, and this is my challenge to everyone who would try and refute this. Give me a single biblical reference. Just one out of all the thousands of verses in the Bible. Give me one verse that even remotely hints to the fact that God blesses someone who has been faithful with poverty, lack, calamity. One verse, there's none. On the other hand, I can share with you Scripture upon Scripture upon Scripture upon Scripture about what it means to stand in the fulfillment of the promise of the new covenant. A better covenant based on better promises. Romans eleven sixteen says this, For then if the first fruits be holy, the lump also is holy. Another translation puts it this way, that if the first piece of the bread is holy, then the rest of the loaf of bread is holy. And so now this is where people say, okay, well, what does this mean? Well, again, it's about a principle. And this is why there are some Christians who would even go to the extent, and this is about conviction, what the Lord is saying to you. But this is why even now during this month of January, there are Christians who are saying, Lord, even this month of, of, of January's salary, I'm giving that unto you in its entirety as a first fruit. Because that is my promise and undertaking to you. That is where my faith is at. That's where I'm at. And I want you to know that this is not a morning of forcing anything upon anyone. But the question is, is that if we want to access something we've never accessed before, should we therefore not do something we've never done before? And that's the question. We all desire to go higher and we all desire to go further. Ask any athlete. If that man or that woman's time remains pretty much the same to like a hundredth of a second. And they still believe that there is something in them or something that they can do differently to shave off maybe even a tenth of a second. But how? By doing something you've never done before. It was Albert Einstein. Many people refer to him as a genius. And it was this genius who said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. And so in light of the scripture of Romans eleven sixteen, for the first fruits... If it be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. 
In Leviticus 23 and verse 10, it says that when you come into the land, which I give you and reap it, its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And what is so powerful about this, again, is that this verse talks about the fact that the first fruits then is given after God has already given you all that you could ask for and more. So there are examples of the first fruits that is given ahead of the fulfillment or the manifestation of the promised blessing. Did you get that? There are scripture references, in other words, that before you see the outcome, a first fruit is already given by faith. Then you understand that as you bring that first fruit by faith, it is the Lord who eventually then gives the manifestation of that principle and that promise in your life. But then there are also other scriptures that talk of the fact that it is then even after the fact. So in other words, to practically demonstrate this, this could then be, for example, because obviously many people say in the 21st century, well, I'm not a farmer. I, I don't have produce. I'm not going to go and harvest my field. I do not have a field to go and harvest. So what can I do? Well, if you're a business owner, then you could perhaps make that undertaking and say, Lord, that this first contract that comes through, this first new agreement that I have, the first business that comes through, that's going to be my first fruit. And so when we understand the principle of first fruits, it can be applied both before the blessing, where it is done by faith in anticipation of the manifestation of the blessing. But then there are other examples where the same principle speaks of the fact that after God has blessed you, do not forget that all comes from Him. And that we should also honor Him as a result of His faithfulness. Did you get that? And so let's just look at the first fruit, some interesting points about the first fruit offerings from an Old Testament point of view. This is from an Old Testament point of view. Number one is that the first fruit offering was taken to God's house. Exodus 23 verse 19 and Exodus 34 verse 26. Number two, the first fruit offering was delivered to the priest of the nation. Leviticus 23 verse 10 and Numbers 18:42, Otherwise known as the high priest who was then in the land of Israel. Numbers 3 verse 32. Now let me just quickly say this. There are many churches, and I know many churches, that would obviously take that scripture, and they do take that scripture, where they say that the first fruit does not come to the house of God. In other words, in this case, it does not come to Dominion Church. It goes directly to the pastor of the church, Kevin. But I want to just say this, and I need to just say this out loud, is that even though there might be some, and I've had them in the past, who insists, Pastor, I need to give it to you, then that pretty much just goes from me and it goes straight into Dominion Church. And so I want to say, don't bring it to me. I'm not saying do not bless, do not honor a man of God. There's scripture references for that. And there's a time and a place for everything under the sun. 
but I want to just make this clear that as it pertains to first fruits, put that into the account of Dominion Church. Because this is even the vow that Chantal and I made is that whatsoever we have, whatsoever we get, I mean, even now, everything just goes towards the church. Because we have understood that when we apply ourselves to building and establishing the house of God, that God in turn will establish our house. Because otherwise I would be in the same predicament as David, looking at the opulence of his own home and then seeing this old tabernacle which is a tank. And saying, how is it possible that I can live in such wealth and opulence? But that is the representation of God and His kingdom on this earth. And so for me, there's something wrong with that picture. If the pastor has a 50 million rand home, five garages, supercars, But then everything at the church facility is falling apart and there are so many needs and so many things that still needs to be installed and so many things that still need to be done. I mean, even now this week, we looked at securing deals pertaining to air conditioners and things that we are looking for, upgrading our camera equipment, upgrading our musical equipment and many other things that we believe in the Lord for. And that's where we are at. That's what we are even putting our faith out for. I had some incredible meetings this week that I don't want to speak out of turn and I don't want to share anything prematurely, but let me just say it this way, and I'll say it only this once, is that there's far greater plans for us regarding this building and even this greater complex than any of us might have even have thought of. And I'm just going to say that. But coming back to, the, to these points. Number three, the first fruit offering shall apply to all that a man engages in for livelihood. So in other words, there's not certain areas of your life, therefore, that is then exempt as a first fruit. So in other words, the first fruit was something that was given of all your increase, irrespective of how the increase would have come what channel the Lord may have opened up to you. So in other words, it's not to say then that, you know what, the first fruit is only that which comes from your salary or that which comes from your employer. But the side hustle or the trading or the whatever it might be that you do on the side, that that is somehow exempt. For in every area of our lives, we should be found faithful. In every area of our lives, we should want to see the working out, the manifestation, and the demonstration of the blessing favor of God in every area of our lives. I do not know about you, but that's my desire. That every area of my life, and therefore, as a result of your nodding, every area of your life, to be synonymous with the blessing favor of God. The giving of the first fruit offering must be accompanied with worship, Deuteronomy 26 verse 10. That it must be offered once and during each cycle of harvest, which was yearly in biblical times. 
And then finally, the first fruit must be done promptly, along with also bringing of the tithe. Second Chronicles 31 verse 5. And so we listen to all of this, and then we ask ourselves this question, and it's an important question. Okay, so what is the New Testament believer's response to this? And here's a couple of thoughts that I want to just share with you. Number one is we have to come to the realization or then the recognition that everything belongs to God. Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So there is nothing really that you think you own. (laughs) You might have the title deed to your home, but that comes from God. You might have the title deed to your vehicle, but that comes from God. Every single thing, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Is that not the word of God? And so we have to recognize that everything belongs to God. And this is why it it upsets me and it grieves me to the core where there are some Christians who still want to negotiate covenant with God. Should I bring the tithe 10% of my gross income? Lord, who are we to negotiate where the only reason why we are even able to enter into a space of blessing is because of God's grace and mercy upon our lives. We do not deserve, if it was not for the finished work of the cross, if it was not for the blood that flowed from Emmanuel's veins, to even engage in conversation with the one and only God. So who are we to try and renegotiate certain principles as has been set forth in the Word of God? You know, I'm just so happy to know that God is not someone who would go about negotiations of a contract the way some business people do. How many of you are in business for yourself? By show of hands. Many of you. Okay. Maybe you've come across someone like this where you've negotiated. The contract has been formulated. The contract has been signed. The terms and the conditions, therefore, has been added has been formulated and now needs to be adhered to. Have you ever seen where you approach that businessman where you say, listen, I know we've signed the contract, but there's certain things now in hindsight that I'd love to renegotiate. Where there are many businessmen who would say, you know what, if that is your attitude, the only thing I'm willing to reconsider is going into business with you in the first place. So if you think you're going to come and renegotiate, I want you to know that I'm therefore calling that contract null and void. But God does not treat us in that way. Although He could have. Because we do not deserve 
the life that has been given to us. Because the Bible says that Christ Jesus came to give His life while we were still sinners. And that is why that is called amazing grace. Amazing grace. And so that is why we cannot ever get to that place where we think we can try and renegotiate with God. Jesus tried to negotiate with God saying, Father, if it is at all possible, remove this cup from me. Crying out in His humanity. He was under such anguish, such stress, that the veins in His forehead burst and exploded, and from His head flowed blood onto the ground. Because that cup was not and could not be taken away. Jesus had to drink and partake of that cup. But now we think, after all that's been given, after all that's been bestowed upon us, that we have the right to renegotiate and say, God, well, this could apply, that can apply, but I do not believe that this applies. But that's not us. That's not you. We also have to acknowledge that we are the temporary custodians then of God's blessings. We have to understand that the first fruits that it is granted unto us as stewards, as is the tithe, as is our offerings, as is anything that we do, as, to, as is to anything that we have, anything that we will still have, that we are to be found as faithful stewards. And also we need to understand that man is for somehow and some reason, as I was saying, the only creature in all of creation that dares to test the laws, testing the boundaries. A cat can only meow. A dog can only bark. A cow can only moo. And a cow knows that a cow is there to bring forth babies, to bring forth milk, and the things that we enjoy as human beings that come from the cow. Sorry to disappoint some vegans out there. But then human beings are the only creatures that try and push the boundary. And the serpent is the one bringing about the deception, saying as he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden, did God really say, no, you will not die. God is only concerned that you are going to be just like him because you will become gods. And so it was like, okay then. And she partook of that fruit and she ate from the fruit from the forbidden tree and her eyes were opened and Adam followed suit man is the only creature that tests the limits pushes the boundaries puts every law and every principle to the test but when we bring our first fruits, our tithes, our offerings, and all of the other ways of giving to the Lord. 
we actually demonstrate the love that we have for God. We also do so in essence as a response to the way in which God loves. Because God loved the world so much that He gave who? His firstborn, His one and only Son. He gave His first and only Son. And that is why the Bible even talks of us as first fruits. We are first fruits. Because Jesus came to lay down his life. And because a seed will always reproduce after its own kind, when the Son of God laid down his life, he even spoke about this and prophetically in the Gospel of John. It is written that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. And so Jesus was sown to the ground. That day that his cross <laughs> fell into that soil. He was planted as that grain of wheat, as was prophetically declared, was planted. And when he died, he died alone. You say, how can I say that? Because he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so when he died, he died alone, just as that grain of wheat was prophesied that it would die alone, speaking of himself. But also, it was that grain that died in solitude that brought about the harvest. And because that grain of wheat and incense would bring forth a field of wheat, speaking metaphorically. Him, the Son of God, sown, brought about us, our adoption to sonship. And it is by the Spirit of God, that spirit of adoption that we've received, that does not make us a slave to this world yet again, as we sang earlier. But it gives us the right to say, Abba, which means Father. That's what we have. That's what we have access to. And it all was brought about by means of the principle of first fruits. Did you get that? So who are we to argue or even dare to renegotiate with God? And so by us giving our first fruits... It is as though it is a declaration into the heavenlies reminding the devil of the fact that God loved us so much that he gave his first and his only begotten son. So that whosoever will believe in him would not die but have everlasting eternal life. And so don't tell me that somehow when you do honor the Lord with your first fruit. Or on a monthly basis that when you honor the Lord with your tithe, that you're going to be somehow worse off. That is a principle of God that has been established for us to follow. And when we engage God by faith, I'm telling you something happens. And there's no way that His Word will at any time fall to the ground and not produce according to that which it was sent forth to produce. Even as I'm sharing these things, you know, I can see the spirit of poverty losing its grip over people here this morning. Even those who are watching and even those who are listening. 
I feel it. I see it. It's as though there's these chains that have been connected to people. It's It's being loosed. The spirit of poverty, of lack, of delay is being stripped of God's people because of impartation. Because of that which is being shared this morning in this environment. The fact that you are just here listening to this and receiving this. The spirit of poverty that might have plagued some for generations is being stripped of you once and for all in Jesus' name. Let me just move on. There's so much more that I want to say, but let me just get ready to land. So what are the effects of giving our first fruits? What is so powerful is that the word first fruit in the, in the Hebrew language is the word bikurim, which means promise to come. Promise to come. So every time in the Hebrew language when you were to speak of your first fruit, it means bikurim, the promise to come, the promise to come. The promise to come. The promise to come. So people back then did not, have, did not look at the first fruit that they have to bring. Like, oh my Lord, I have to bring my first fruit. No, no, no. It was like, I'm bringing the promise to come. I'm bringing the promise to come. And so those who brought the first fruit did not do that sparingly or grudgingly. But they did that as an act of worship, as an act of faith, a demonstration of their faith in God. Because they understood that the promise has been made and it surely will come to pass. There was no doubt. And so I really pray that we, as God's people, under a new covenant based and established on better promises, we will grab a hold of that as a principle. That we will trust God. That we will not doubt in His ability to bless us just as He has promised and so much more. So what is first fruits? It means giving the first portion to God. That's number one. That's according to Romans 11 verse 16. So giving the first portion of your finances to God will cause all of your finances for the rest of the year to be holy. That's according to Romans 11 verse 16. That if the first morsel of bread be holy, then the whole loaf of bread is holy. That's the principle. That the first fruits causes God to treat your finances as holy. Granting you favor with God because your finances are connected to that first fruit offering. Then number two, it is also regarded as an investment in your future it is an investment in your future you know when I did quite a bit of day trading a few years ago during the time of the the great sea we were at our homes many of us I started picking up trading teaching myself going about it 
making some cash. Let me just put it that way. And there were certain things that I was looking to invest in. Although I was going in really just short term, I was doing my research, looking at that which would bring about the highest yield. It wasn't just any kind of investment. No, it was in the, in the crypto market. Because there were some of these cryptocurrencies that, I mean, they didn't just 5x, 10x, some of them 100x, 1000x. Yes, if you look at the statistics from back then, the other day I saw it. During the time of 2017 to 2020, 78.2% of all the ICOs, the initial coin offerings, which is like an IPO, they turned out to be scams. <laughs> so it was already a challenge to just to be able to find the ones that were not the scams. Because understand the golden rule, something seems to be good to be true, it is. And so you had to have a lot of discernment and you had to do your homework. You had to do your research to see who's behind the project, who's backing it, who's supporting it. What does the community look like? There were a lot of indicators, a lot of things that you had to look at, which if you came from like the traditional investment world, you know, this was like the Wild West, man. So it was different. And so you were looking to invest in that which would bring about the greatest return on investment or ROI. But let me just say this. As much as I made a lot of money during that time, the favor of God is able to produce what money cannot buy. I have traveled around the world multiple numerous times without having to pay a cent. I have bought things. I have purchased things. I have stepped into things as investments or things that were given or things that were released that I did not pay for, let alone ask for. Because the blessing favor of God can produce and will produce what money cannot buy. What is the favor of God? It is God's divine endorsement. It is His favor. It is the backing up of heaven in that situation in your life over those circumstances. So practically, what does that mean? When you're in the board or when people are discussing certain things in the boardroom, it's your name that comes up for the best reason. Not, hey, I'm looking to fire people and your name comes up. No, no, no. I'm talking about I'm looking to promote people. I'm looking to reposition people. I'm looking at, at shifting things around because I'm wanting to take my organization or my company to the next level. And it is your name that comes up. People who want to do business and it's your name that comes up. You believe in God for new contracts, new clients, new tenders, new agreements, new markets to open up to you. Let it be your name. That comes to the minds of people. Even relationships from maybe 10 years ago. Where suddenly they will be faced with a certain situation. And it will be supernatural as they will remember your name. The name of your company. Just poof. Coming out of seemingly nowhere. Hey let me just go to Facebook. Or go to this website. Let me just see if they're still in business. And they find you thriving. And they're like I have to reconnect. 
So make sure that you can be found online. Don't tell me you want to travel the world, you don't even have a passport. Don't tell me you want to work for the greatest company, you don't even have a CV. Don't tell me you want to start this multi-million dollar company, multinational company. You don't even have a business plan or a proposal. There's certain things you just have to do. Certain things you just have to have. Teaching students in the Bible school, they want to go, you know, they're going to go to the far reaches of the world. The Lord has given them an international mandate. Okay, so if I were to say to you tomorrow, there's a call that I had gotten and I needed to take five people. Is your passport ready? No, I think it expired. You're a bad steward. You're not faithful in the little. How can you be trusted in the much? So these were the things that I had to say because, you know, there's all these things. At one stage in the church where I was at, you know, I would ask people, come to the front for those of you believing the Lord for something. And then I would ask some of them, like, what are you believing the Lord for? I'm believing the Lord for a vehicle. Okay? What are you believing for? I'm also believing the Lord for a vehicle. Okay? What are you believing the Lord for? I'm believing the Lord for a vehicle. I'm like, how many of you are believing the Lord for a vehicle? And like 50, 60, 80, 100 hands go up. I'm like, okay. How many of you have got a license? Hey, you see the hands. It's like. I'm like, okay, so these hesitant hand, what is that? And the lady is like, I'm, I've, I need to make an appointment for my learners. I'm like, listen, that's not a license. So what are you going to do? Now the Lord blesses you. Even if he blesses you with that Mercedes Benz, what are you going to do? Just keep in the garage. And let me just say this. If your vehicle is worth more than your home, there's something wrong. If that which you are wearing on your wrist is worth more than all of the contents of your home and all of the contents in your business, there's something wrong. Rather sell that thing that's on your watch and go and invest it in that which is most important of all. Because you meet some people nowadays, I mean, they walk around and just what they have on, it's like one mole, two mole. But the home is falling apart. The house of God is falling apart. Everything else is falling up. There's something wrong with that. Do not live beyond your means. Trust God where you're at. Don't try and fake it till you make it. The devil will expose you as a fake for all to see. It will tarnish and ruin and decimate your reputation. Do not try and be fake. Keep it real. If you can only afford Mr. Price, wear Mr. Price. Wash your clothes. Look presentable. I'm telling you, even Mr. Price, if you keep, just keep your hand on it, and I know it's not going to last as long as some of the bigger names, but I mean, if you, if you wear Gucci and you do not ever wash it, even that's going to be appalling to people around you. They're not going to love having you around if you smell because you have not had a bath and you have not washed those clothes. It's not well kept. And so if we just get back to just the basics. Doing the basics right. That's already we will start to see change.
Let me land this now. The givers of first fruit offerings enjoy God's comprehensive insurance. Jeremiah 2 verse 3 says that God issues automatic judgment. I'm just paraphrasing. On whoever or whosoever attempts to devour givers of the first fruit. That God issues automatic judgment. In other words, you do not have to now be like some people do, like I'm putting on the armor of God and now you are wanting to engage the enemy. God has promised automatic judgment against any devourer who comes against you. Jeremiah 2 verse 3, and that is speaking of those, the givers of the first fruit. Isaiah 61 verse 7 says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Nehemiah called upon God for special favor, as he was a giver of the first fruit. He reminded God of the fact that I am a giver. I am a first fruit giver. And in that moment of a situation that arose, he called upon God's favor to come. Granted him access. The giver also enjoys overflowing blessings from God. When we honor the Lord with possessions, with our wealth, with our increase, it causes our bank accounts to begin to fill up. It causes overflow to come in every single area of our lives. Overflow. First fruits also automatically begin to attract greater dimensions of honor from God. Ezekiel 44 verse 30, my final verse for today. And I love this. It says, the first of all first fruits... Of every kind and every contribution of every kind. From all your contributions. So in other words, from all. <laughs> the Bible says it because he, the, the, you know, the Lord knew that there's going to come people who's going to start to question things down the line. And so it is absolutely clear. The first, from the first fruits of everything, of all. From all your contributions shall be for the priests. And I just obviously spoke to all of you about that. But listen to this. You shall also give to the priest the very first of your dough to cause a blessing to rest on your house. That is the key. That is the key. You see, up until this point in time, we've spoken of the fact that the blessing favor of God locates you. That the blessing favor of God comes upon you. That the blessing favor of God works in such a way where your name is the one that is remembered. That your name is the one that comes forth. And that also that God automatically judges every devourer that comes against you. So all of those speak, things speak of you as an individual. But now in this verse, it talks of the fact that you as a first fruit giver, that the blessing of God comes upon, in, and on, and to your house. That means that as a result of your faithfulness, your willingness, and your obedience, that the blessing favor of God is not limited to just you. But the blessing favor of God comes upon all of those in your household. That the blessing favor of God, if you were to even go and honor the Lord with your first fruits from your business, that the blessing favor of God even comes upon those who are your employees. 
that the blessing, favor of God comes upon your house. It comes to your house. It's operating in your house. That means your children. That means your children's children. It means those whom you loved, your loved ones, that they will taste and see and know that God is good. And so what I want to do right now is even now in this moment, I want to give us an opportunity to respond by faith. Preparing a seed, honoring the Lord with our tithe, and also honoring the Lord with our first fruit. You say there's certain things that the Lord has stirred in your heart for you to do this morning. And you might say you're not even there as yet. Well, you can also just fill in that mark which says pledge. It's not about putting physical cash in here. This is but your point of contact. And in a moment, I'm going to pray. And so the question is, what must you do? What should you do? What can you do? It's about being led by the Spirit of God. I've shared the word of the Lord to you and with you. And I'm sure that I'm speaking on behalf of all of us when I say that all of us can do with the favor of God in our lives. That in every area of our lives, in our business, in our ministry, in our organization, whatsoever it is, that we honor the Lord with our best. God did not give us some sort of arbitrary offering. He gave us His best. He gave us His one and only Son, the firstborn of all creation. And so you can just fill in the envelope. The details are even right there on the envelope. For those who are watching and listening, you can go to dominion.org.za forward slash give. Multiple ways for you to give online as well. Even those who are, you who are here, you can go to the website. You can even give online. For those of you who might not have seen in the past, it is that very verse that is written on the envelope from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. So let that serve as your promise and the reminder that every time you give, whether that is then bringing your first fruit, honoring the Lord with your tithe on a monthly basis, sowing seed, bringing your offering, irrespective of, let this verse serve as a reminder of God's promise, of His principle, and of His faithfulness in your life. And so with that, let's just hold these envelopes in our hands and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word that has gone forth this morning, that there can indeed be no more confusion as to that which we know we have to do by faith as a result of all that you have already given and have done for us. I thank you, Lord, that you have granted unto us your very best. 
that the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ was indeed the greatest demonstration of love the world has ever known. And that the empty tomb is the greatest demonstration of your power ever seen in this world. And so, Lord, I thank you that we have access to you, that we are your sons and we are your daughters. And we decree and declare this morning that we are willing and we are obedient. And I thank you that by faith we will access into the fullness of what you have for us and we shall eat the very good of the land. I thank you that we shall know no lack. We shall not be in bondage. We shall not be poor. We shall be of those who prosper as you delight in the prosperity of your people. Father, I thank you that the blessing favor causes us to stand in a place of being established as being blessed, empowered to be a blessing. And so, Lord, I thank you that you will supply all of our need according to your riches in glory. I thank you that you make a way where there seems to be no way. As we demonstrate our faithfulness by sowing the seed this morning, by bringing our tithe, by bringing our first fruits, by bringing our offering. Father, I thank you that the windows and the floodgates of heaven are open. That you pour out a blessing so large that we will not have room enough to store it. Not only in the month of January, but because this first part of this year is blessed. We thank you as we know that we know that, you're no, that we know that your promises are true. Your word is yes and amen. That February will be blessed. That March will be blessed. Oh, April will be blessed. That May, June, July will be blessed. That August, September and October will be blessed. That November and December will be super abundantly above all blessed in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, I thank you for your blessing and your favor coming upon our homes, coming upon our business, coming upon our ministry, coming upon every single area of our lives. And Father, I thank you that as your word even says, that as we excel in everything, we also pray that you will excel in this grace of giving. Father, I thank you to all that we have access to by grace. That we access it by faith. In releasing our faith as we do so even this morning. And so Lord, I thank you that we will see the reality of your word. The manifestation and the demonstration of your faithfulness. Of El Shaddai, the God of the overflow the God of more than enough, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can come to the front. You can bring your seed, bring your tithe, first fruits, whatever it is. God bless you. We can do so now. For those of you who are watching online or listening, as we said, you can go to the website, dominion.org.za forward slash give. If you'd like to partner with us on a monthly basis, you can do so as well by going to dominion.org.za forward slash partnership. God bless you as you give. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. 
If you'd like to help Kevin and Chantel reach and impact this generation, thank you in advance for sharing this episode with your world. If you have enjoyed Dominion today, follow Kevin and Chantel on Instagram, Facebook, and your favorite podcast platform, or connect with them online at dominion.org.za.